Well, you have a new salsa you like, Angela. You can tell everybody. I do. You guys need to check out Green Mountain Gringo. I had their medium salsa, which was so good. Well, I don't want to confuse people, but I had the Green Mountain Gringo hot sauce. Oh, yeah? How's the hot sauce? Very good. Did you know they also make their own tortilla chips? I didn't know that. Yes, they use stone ground, all-natural yellow corn flour and sea salt. Ugh, come on. Visit GreenMountainGringo.com and start shopping. Use the store locator to find Green Mountain Gringo products, get inspiration for recipes, and purchase products using promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off. That's promo code PODCAST24. And don't forget to check out their backside. Love starts with you. You heard me. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Pandora has a huge selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms. There are endless ways to show what's in your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Good morning, lady. Oh, we have a really amazing guest on Office Ladies today. We sure do. All of you that listened to the work bus last week know that today in the studio, we have Brian Cranston. We cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview because, look, there are certain episodes of The Office that are just real big episodes and they warrant extra time. And work bus is definitely one of those. It's definitely one of those. Yeah, and we shared all about our experience on that bus, but we really felt like you needed to hear from the director as well. So we reached out to Brian. He was so kind and gracious. He came into the studio and chatted all things work bus with us. And more. Now, I know a lot of people know Brian Cranston from his many acting roles. He's been in film and television, and he's been on Broadway. You know, there's Malcolm in the Middle and Walter White on Breaking Bad, and he even won a Tony Award for the Broadway play All the Way. He's amazing, but Brian is also a very accomplished director. He directed episodes of Malcolm in the Middle, of Breaking Bad, Modern Family, Sneaky Pete, and his new series, Your Honor, on Showtime. And of course... This very epic, famous episode of The Office. And he is just delightful. He's so much fun to talk to. It was such a joy having him. And Jenna, (laughs) you know what I was thinking? We didn't bring this up to him, but I want him to direct our road trip movie if we ever (gasps) do it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. We've never even shared. Have we shared about the fact that me, you, and Lee have a road trip idea? We came up with an idea for a road trip movie. Lee wrote it. It's so funny. It's it's so oh, funny. I know. Some of the hardest I have laughed in a long time was when the three of us were sitting at your dining table <laughs> and we were pitching jokes. Because listen, you guys, this is a road trip movie about two gals. They're like in their 50s. Yes. But anyway, I mean. It has a mom detective's element to it, I have to say. It really does. Yeah. But would Brian Cranston ever direct anything 
on the road again? That's the question. I think after you listen to this interview, uh, you might find that he would be very hesitant to do so. (laughs) Well, listen, the office might have ruined him forever in directing anything in a moving vehicle again, but let's let him tell you about it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, our interview with Brian Cranston about Work Bus, which is also known as Death Bus. We'll be right back. It's such a great interview. We'll be right back. (laughs) So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh, no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know, I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com slash office ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, who wrote the, your uh, opening theme song? Creed, Creed Bratton. Did he really? You yes. know, I just realized who Creed was. 
You just did. I just in the like in the last few weeks. Grassroots, all of that. Yes, yeah. the grassroots, and I'm thinking that can't be the same. It's the same guy. Yes. Same guy. Now, my question to you, my first question. Thanks for coming on the show, by the way. <laughs> my first question to you would be: Did the show ever do an, a backstage idea about what Creed's background was? Did someone ever go? That guy looks so familiar and. And, you know, did you ever do anything like that? I don't remember. There were so many pitches. There were so many people who wanted to do a whole episode just on Creed yeah. and his life and wanted him to be outed as Creed Bratton, Creed Bratton, because he's the only person on the show who has his full name yeah. as his character name. Like, Angela is Angela right. on the show, right. but on the show, Angela her last Martin. name is Martin. Right. But Creed Bratton, the character, is also Creed Bratton, the man. But I don't think it was ever revealed. I will say, though, of all the characters, we have a show Bible. <laughs> Sorry. I have to, you guys, Brian, Brian, his microphone's this morning something's up with it and there is a bar in front of his face and so for me to talk to Brian he has to look Angela it's safer to have a bar in front of my face <laughs> that's the it helps the restraining order oh, issue there that you, you go we have that yeah. we have but um anyway of all the characters had a we had a show Bible of all their back history and Creed's is the craziest it's, it's like, the most fun he to has read. like he has like a family in Canada he lives under his desk half the time he's it's like all over now, the wait place a minute. why didn't I get a chance to read that that the would have been they didn't give you the show Bible no I didn't get it I you no one said it was available been given that I absolutely should have been given that would have changed work I'm gonna bus. quit yeah <laughs> <laughs> Retroactive. <laughs> well, we always like to ask people when they come on, first question, how did you end up working on The Office? Oh. How'd you get this job directing Work Bus? Tracy Katsky is a friend of mine, and she was working as a consultant with um, David in the last year you guys were on the air. Okay. Right? And I had just finished my season with uh, Breaking Bad, and that was 2004. 12. Yep. I think. And it was 2012. And Tracy calls and says, we're looking for directors for this new season. Would you be interested in coming on board the office? And immediately the answer was going to be, of course, no. But um, <laughs> uh, I love the show. It, it's such a legendary show that any chance to, to be a part of it in some small way. And she said, um, I know you've been directing – Breaking Bads and, you know, you're out in the desert and it's hot and it's yeah. sticky. How would you like to come to, what was it, Burbank, North Hollywood, wherever we were, and uh, we work inside. Yeah. Little it's, office it's a comedy. Short day, air conditioned. Air conditioned. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Indoors, five days. Bang, bang, bang. Boom, boom, boom. And it's, I said, oh, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it. And she said, well, we have such and such slot open. And I looked at my calendar and I said, I'll, I'll take that slot. Yeah. And I don't know, you probably described it on your show before, but the way it works in television for directors is by time. You have no idea when you sign on to a show what your episode is going to be right. by the time it gets to your time slot. So we had no idea. And it <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it just so happened that uh, Work Bus uh, came on onto my lap. 
What did you think when you read this episode? Yeah. Well, I, I, the first, I was excited to read it, read it right away, and worked bus. Oh, I don't know. Oh, they oh they exterminate. Was it exterminating? <laughs> no, we were exterminating. This is 11 years ago, I think. There, yep. there was this electrical issue, magnet, okay. electromagnetic yes. things in the walls, uh, right. and Dwight was going to have to open up all the walls and redo the electrical. <laughs> So, uh, so the the basic idea is that uh, there could not be a work stoppage for the whole team. So, um, a work bus was uh, found to be the best uh, method to continue working while this work on the actual location, the office, was taking place. So everybody had to load onto the bus. Desks were on there, as we all know, and. We had to had to um, just keep traveling. We're in the San Fernando Valley in August. It's so hot in it's August. So I, I went to the call sheets. It was 100 degrees this week. It was like yeah. triple digits. It was very hot. So the first thing I did was curse my friend Tracy Katsky. And, uh, <laughs> the, Damn you! As if they knew, you know. But it was a it, it was a challenge. I think we shot in on the set for a day and a half or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. short. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time we were, we're on a bus. On that bus or in the park. And then we were at a baseball field. I know we were Yep. We right. We had that bit. cold open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it um for the most part, mm-hmm. but there was a <laughs> There were well, some tough moments. Well, I have to say, okay, you know that our cast has renamed this episode Death Bus. This has come to you, I know. And Jenna and I wrote a whole chapter in our book about it, The Office BFFs. We have a copy for you. We signed. Oh, I love it. Inside it says, Brian, we owe you our lives. Thanks, (laughs) Angela and Jenna. It is chapter 12. And um, we dedicated a whole chapter to just this this episode. And we have fantastic photos of you. But we realized after our book came out, you were doing press, <laughs> we felt really bad because every single producer clearly wanted you to be asked about Death Bus. Jenna was like, oh, no, Ange. <laughs> we, Poor Brian. We, we wrote about this, and now everyone is asking him the same question on every talk show. Why did you try to kill the cast Why of The Office? Why did I try to kill the cast? Um, was it a murder for hire? No one's asked. <laughs> it, was it a failed I can't, I murder can't for hire? can't discuss all about it. those details. Right. Um, there is a, a current investigation going on. Ongoing, sure. on, ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, indictments will be handed down. Um, <laughs> I I have every reason to believe you two are in the clear. <laughs> I can't be positive okay. on that, but okay. I have. Um, set of circumstances. It was um, hot and tight. You know, you talk about the, the, the set being contained. Well, we're on a bus yeah. and we didn't have a lot of room. And if I recall, uh, nothing was actually nailed down. Everything was kind of shifting around. Correct. Desks were actually shifting and moving. And I'm looking at this going, oh, my God, I think people didn't realize this bus is actually on the road on a, a, a an open street and moving. Well, at first, there was comedy in that, right? Like, at first, we're traveling down the road, and, like, our little coffee cup is moving across <laughs> right. the desk. Right. Yeah. Papers. You we're got to grab. holding on to gra- things. Yeah. yeah. We, we hit it a pothole. My lamp slid in my lap. I caught it. Yay. That's yeah, funny. It's funny. 
But, but then, then <laughs> but then there was a, a part of the script where I guess Dwight swerves and we all kind of slide and we all are like, ah. And yeah, he's trying to get us to the pie. Yeah, get to the pie. And and I guess the AD yelled to the cast, we weren't really swerving. So lean right. And we kind of, ah, and yeah. no one bought it. It didn't look good. And yeah. so then they unloaded rain. Rain left and a stunt driver got on the bus. Right. They removed us from the tow rig, and now we are truly just a bus traveling down the road and we, with a stunt driver. <laughs> we listed what all was in the bus. Like, we went back and screen grabbed it. It was a full, like, Arrowhead water jug dispenser, a, a microwave, a coffee a pot, coffee pot um, lamps, rolling chairs, desks, computers, a printer, was there a little mini Xerox machine? There was so I bet many. There was so yeah. it was a full office, um, and it it all when when the stunt driver swerved right, it all it all swerved. Everything moved, and all of a sudden, that was not part of the production discussion that we had. By I'm the way, about it was that. like we're we're doing this. Rain's going to drive, and we're going to do this, and it's all contained, and we'll have the the cast move back and forth. Yeah. And it didn't look good. Not everybody was in sync, and there was something funny about things happening at the same time and once, and you can't you can't duplicate. You that. can't fake yeah. that. Yeah, and so there was an idea, and I. I don't believe it was my idea, but I'm not saying it's not to actually heighten the the movement mm -hmm. of of the thing with a professional stunt driver. Yes, it was a professional was stunt professional. driver. It wasn't Rain Wilson. We, Correct. however, are not professional stunt people. This is true, and this is where the beginning of the indictments will will start. Um, Yes, and that's the, that, and the reality of it. In retrospect, you look back and you go, "Oh my God, what were we doing?" Oh, and then oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, we don't want to get to that part yet. Wait, I have to ask. You're not on the bus with us at this point. You're in like a follow van, and you're watching this footage on a screen. What? Hang on. I was in the bus the entire time. Wait, you were in yeah. the bus? Yeah. For that I was, moment? I was in the very back. In the way back on the back I was row. Down on, I remember I was that. on the floor with, Crouched a, down. with I, a little viewfinder and watching the thing as I'm moving back and forth, too. I remember yeah. that. I yeah. knew you were on the bus most of the time, but I thought there were a few shots where it was like we had to clear everybody. We cleared, boom, we had just camera. And I did not know that well, you that, still stayed on. I, I stayed on when it was when there was room, when we were shooting, when I was able to hide in the back on the ground. When when there was no room and shooting in one direction, I uh, I think I was off the bus. Because it was too dangerous. And I said, I'm, I shouldn't <laughs> yeah, be on I should this. Be. I we, shouldn't be we did, we did skip over one. So Jen and I, we were like trying to remember everything about this episode and filming it. And we were like, wait, we all had to get off the bus three times. The first one was because we got so tickled and Ellie peed her pants. Yep, remember? Oh. And we had to change her clothes. And she had to, she had actually. Oh, no, Ellie, don't Ellie, worry. It's in the book. It's Ellie in the book. Is, Ellie is such a good sport. Ellie was like, guys, I peed my skirt. And we all laughed. It's and like, it, was, it wasn't a huge pee, it was oh, just a little. She actually did. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then. Oh. Whoops. It wasn't just a saying. Yeah. <laughs> so we all pulled over. We hung out in the park. Ellie changed clothes. <laughs> Then we all get back on the bus, and I remember Jenna, like, us being like, this is crazy. What a crazy day, thinking, like, that's the craziest thing that'll happen. Then the swerve, 
and yeah, everything flew. I remember digging Creed out of a pile of things. Do you remember that? Creed was totally covered. It was dangerous. Yeah. I, I, I look back on it now and it was I, – I, <laughs> I, I would like to think that that wouldn't happen today. It would all be zip-tied or... Yeah, something. Here's the thing. Our show did not travel well. We were very good at shooting inside of an office. Yes. But pretty much any time we left to go on the road, even just metaphorically... The wheels the, something, came off the bus. Something, something happened. happened. Yeah. We lost half the cast at, at sea. Yeah. Uh, was oh, that while we episode were doing when you're on... Yeah. Booze yeah. Cruise. Me, booze cruise. Phyllis, Brian, and Rain drifted out to sea for about 20 minutes. On a dinghy. <laughs> At like 4.30 in the morning. 4.30 in the morning? <laughs> was, yes, because we were shooting nights. And you had the choice. Right. You know, we were wrapped. They were doing the scene with Jim and Pam. They're like, do you want to stay on the boat till we wrap or do you want to leave? And only this small group raised their hands because we had to kind of climb down a ladder, hop on a dinghy. To get back to shore. Yeah. And then, then, and then we, the engine and broke down. And then the engine broke and we and they lost them. And we for floated. A while. Let's yeah. take a moment and uh-huh. think about them for just a second. <laughs> they were so such great cast members. <laughs> and and this, the famous thing is that everyone was like, We lost Phyllis. And me and Brian and Rain were like, and and hello. hello. <laughs> People only cared about Phyllis. I know. I know. Sweet Phyllis. Sweet Phyllis. Well, it's true that whenever we left set, things happened. So we're sorry. <laughs> it was hard. Well, okay. So there was a second thing that happened then. We, there was, right, we uh, unpiled ourselves. There was, then we, um, we were hot. And I remember being so excited after lunch. Didn't you guys have to turn the air off when we were filming? Because it was loud. The, the AC in the bus was loud. Yes. yes. It was loud. So there was this announcement, guys, we have a great thing. We have a portable AC unit that we're going to pull on a trailer behind the bus, and we have a hose that is going to go up through, like, this um, sunroof thing in the bus, and it'll be quiet. We can leave it on while we're filming. You guys aren't going to be hot anymore. And we couldn't believe our luck. We were so excited. This is fresh, wonderful, cool air. People were getting wilty. They were getting so we were like in a hot tin can. It was it was really tough. And San Fernando Valley, like you said, it was hundred degrees. Yeah. And then we made it worse by having the closed up windows and everything else to where the heat inside that bus. Oh God. I would think would be 110, 150. It was like a little sauna rolling down the yeah. road. And we were trying in the morning. Every time we cut, they'd try to pump the air. But yeah. then we'd have to turn it off. And you'd only be able to work for about 5, 10 minutes before, before it became unbearable. Yeah. So we got the little rolly unit. A brilliant idea. <laughs> so <laughs> wonderful. But then we started moving. And... My chair was right under the little sunroof. I was very excited. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. You're gonna get I'm going to get the first amazing, cool air. Yes. But I— And you did. I sure did. <laughs> and I was— That part is true. <laughs> I was very cool. <laughs> I was smelling the air as it was cooling me, and I was like, it doesn't smell right. It smells gassy. It smells not right. And, and so you I, started voicing that, yeah. And I was more towards the front, and I was like, "I don't, I don't, I don't smell anything. I don't, I don't." And there was a little bit of like Jenna, a well, little bit. I know. To be fair, I was the person on the set who had all the allergies, and I was ruining takes from sneezing all the time. And I think people thought it was just 
Jenna's allergy nose, Jenna's sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, 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 it's not that. It's like gas. And then Sarah, our camera operator who was standing back there by you, she was like, I like wasn't she, she a got headache? a little she woozy. Dizzy. Yeah. And then Brian, I think you came up. I did. And you were like, let me see what you're talking about. What? Wait. I stood on a chair right where your desk was, and I put my face right up to the <laughs> to the register where the air was coming. And sure enough, <laughs> carbon dioxide. Nice. You were cold. like, I remember you go, get off the bus. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And we all exited the bus, and that is when— you can tell everyone what they discovered. Well, that happened. it was a great, great idea, but the execution <laughs> was not thoroughly thought through. So what we came up with when we were realizing in production meeting was saying, well, it's going to be hot as hell on this bus. How are we going to keep everybody from wilting? And I said, uh, we can pull a portable air conditioning unit that is strong enough to pump fresh air into the bus. And, I, and my concern was, I want to be able to shoot toward the back so I can't see it. You know, we can make it low enough, yeah. small enough, to where it, it won't be seen throughout the windows. And we thought about uh, we'd have to adjust the rearview mirrors. Just And what about the noise? And uh, no, no, we, we, these new ones are. So we really thought about this. Okay, great, great, great. And we'll just tow it. We'll have a, a, a tow hitch on the bus. We'll hook it up, and we'll just tow this unit. It has its own generator. It's quiet. and perfect solution. What could go wrong? Well, what went wrong was the intake for the air conditioning unit was positioned the way it's manufactured. And it's just so happens the way it was placed on this trailer was it was facing the back of the bus at about a foot and a half away (laughs) from where this intake is is the exhaust pipe of the bus. So the fumes and exhaust from the bus only had about a foot distance away from the intake from the air conditioning. Just getting sucked there up, going no right into the bus. There was no possibility <laughs> of avoiding this. And it was locked down. But we didn't realize that until we were actually underway. And the thing was fired up. And actually, Jenna, you and your sensitive nose... Saved our lives. Finally, it did <laughs> it some good in off. my life. You saved our <laughs> lives. I, at first, what? How can exhaust be coming inside? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And sure enough, when I saw, I went, "Oh my God, we have made a huge mistake," <laughs> and we nearly killed the entire cast of The Office. Really incredible. But I would say, had no one detected it. What a beautiful way to go. <laughs> all together. Right? Oh, my God, all together. Rolling Kumbaya. <laughs> Shibuya roll call. <laughs> the big roll call. That's it. Uh, well, Leslie, I remember looking at Leslie David Baker, and his eyes were bloodshot and watering. And I kept thinking, like, maybe the vent is hitting him at an angle. You know how it dries out your eyes, like if a yeah. vent hits you? But no, it was it was just poison. Now, was, was Leslie's desk? Close to yours? Yes. I'm when, to when we had the, um, when we all went flying into one another, I believe <laughs> I flew into Leslie. <laughs> Did Les, when we got off, I remember he was like, I'm not getting back on. Uh, Leslie said, I'm never getting back on the bus again. I, I'm, I done. Re- I'm done. I'm done getting on the bus. I, I remember him walking to his car and driving away, but I think that might not be true. But for some reason, I remember Leslie was like, goodbye. I'm out. 
I'm out. Shoot around me. But I'm- also, poor Leslie, whenever we went on locations, he got the worst of it. When we went to the beach, uh, he got, he got sand, sand kicked in his eye and it scratched his cornea and he had to wear like a patch for a week. Yeah. Oh. So I think Leslie was like, I don't do scenes outside of the office yeah. anymore. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> I don't. I don't go on location. Yeah, shit goes it, down. Yeah, it almost sounds like his character. You just drill. I don't go outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't leave the office. Um, Were there any moments that you haven't talked about about this episode? Because we know you've been hit up with those questions quite a bit. But any behind the scenes memories that you have that you'd want to share? Yeah, there was. Th- those things are so on the frontal lobe. That it was, it's hard to remember. I, it was just, I just had a, a really good time. Other than than worrying about that, I was um, I was really happy to be able to be on your set and and see it and feel it. And you guys, by the time I came along, it was the ninth season. So you you were a well oiled machine. And the role of a guest director is not to come in and I did wouldn't dare wouldn't dare say anything to an actor about their character. How, how wouldn't that be obnoxious? And, like season um, nine. I think yeah. you could make a different choice for I think Dwight. Let's make this. <laughs> I think he's friendlier. Yeah. <laughs> Why is Angela such a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> What's with the cats? Let's do away with that. Yeah, no all more that. cats. Yeah, no, no more cats. Um, yeah. And, and then you two, you know, I'd say I'd pull you apart. Start yeah. to think about something about Jim that you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> just, just throw a wrench into everything. It's like, I don't think this. So there's nothing. A, a director on, on episodic television just comes in and, and, and tries to. What my whole goal was whenever I direct television, is, which is different from directing features because in features, it's, it's you, you are trying and need to to please yourself and and make sure that you get all those elements and moments that you've worked so hard in breaking down that script. In television, it it's about staying true to these characters, putting them in positions where they can really be themselves, where they feel comfortable. It's delivering the meat and potatoes that every showrunner is going to expect from you. Mm-hmm. I always thought if I can deliver two or three things that the showrunner didn't see that's that's golden just a couple little couple little things i think there's a few i mean when i rewatched the episode i completely forgot that ed plays the banjo at the end mm-hmm. he oh, yeah, i yeah. mean and just rips it it's yeah. just so great and Everyone is just like, oh, whatever. Well, no, it's yeah. it, it's it, and it's true. I taught him the banjo in two weeks, and he <laughs> he was able to pick it up and and be perform. That's that. amazing. Yeah, I loved all the pie scenes too. I thought the they pie. were really sweet. Did you eat any pie? I had some pie. Do you remember your flavor of pie? That's th- probably hard to remember. I'm thinking gooseberry. Yeah. Yeah, there. Uh, that was no. <laughs> Look how happy you were. Well, that he we, remembered that. Wasn't that? Yeah. One? yeah. Because it's such a funny name, I like it. And I like yeah, it. there was like a. It was like a. I think it was gooseberry because it, it wasn't blackberry. No. It was yeah, but there was a special berry crumble pie. Pie. When I rewatched pie. it, I just remember how happy we actually all were to sit outside and have pie. I had, yeah. I had chocolate cream. Mm-hmm. It really was delicious. Interesting choice on a very hot day. What? Chocolate cream. Mm. Peel back the layers. 
This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. Okay, I have got to do something. I have been going through the call sheets, and on the back of the call sheet, they do a thing called Get to Know Your Cast and Crew, and they ask a few questions, but... They're so interesting. You mean on every one of your call sheets, it was get to know your cast and crew? There, someone was featured on each call sheet. We had talked about, Jen and I wanted to start with each new guest, ask them a few of these questions. What was one of the first jobs you had in entertainment? Uh, the, one of the first jobs I had in entertainment, I think it was um, a soap opera. I was uh, did a like a three-day roll on Days of Our Lives. <gasps> I love Days of Our Lives. Back in 1981. What was your character? I was a cousin uh-huh. of the person. I will tell you this. Bill and Susan Seaforth, he and his wife, Susan and Bill, they were on that on Days of Our Lives for years. I happened to oversleep that morning, the first day that I was to work. And I missed the rehearsal, missed the blocking, missed everything. I'm panicking, yeah. absolutely panicking. And I race to NBC where we're shooting it, and I'm panicking, I'm nervous. And, and all of a sudden, I hear a knocking on my dressing room door, and it's Bill Hayes, the big star of the show. Yeah. And he says, I understand you had a problem this morning. And, well, we, we stood in for you and we blocked it. And he says, uh, can I run down what we did? And do you need some help on the ba- on the backstory of the character? I, I, I was so appreciative. I was just a day player. And he put himself out there to say, look. That is look, so kind. Yeah, he was a lovely, lovely guy. And he he helped me get over the the anxiety of being late and the responsibility of that. And I spent all the money that I made on that episode to buy flowers for the people that I knew stood up for me and Bill and the casting director. And it was like, I'm so sorry. But that was my, yeah, it was my first experience. Okay. 
I love that. I love that story. I love story. the kindness you were shown. I didn't know where that was going when you said he knocked on the door. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place in the whole wide world that you've ever been to? I guess it would be Venice. I was there uh, on my honeymoon oh, 30, almost 35 years ago. Very romantic and very unique. And we just had – there was one night when my wife and I uh, were – there was a thunderous rainstorm, and um, we went to a Vivaldi concert in a church that had windows at the top of this sphere and and this dome, and it felt like God was adding the exclamation to it. You know, and like, oh my God, it was just so it was just so magical and romantic, unbelievable time. Wow. Have you been back since your honeymoon? Actually, no. It's been a long time. We've, I've been there twice, and that was, we haven't been back in 34 years. It's time to go back. I think it's time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I say don't mess with it. What? <laughs> I say what? leave it. Don't I say revisit? Le- Never no. revisit a memory? Well, mm-hmm. it's too good. It's too good. You know what I mean? If you go back, and then you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, it smells, and it's... What? I mean, Wait. no offense, Venice, but I hear that you're getting floods and oh, maybe it's Lord. a little stinky now. And here it's we, a here lot come of the tourists letters. because here come the, the letters, the cruise ships, and the, all the Venetians. They, <laughs> all the I've lost the whole the amount of gondoliers that listen to the show. Well, it's just incredible. We just lost a few. Well, I'm just saying, you know, a lot of time has passed, and this is an amazing romantic memory. Maybe it should mm-hmm. just. I agree with stay you. Stay there. I agree with you. Maybe. In the church and the concert and the rain and all that. But I don't think you need to rule out all of Venice. I think there's maybe new places you could discover. Yeah. I, know. I think leave it. Okay. I'm well, I'm two, torn very, two very different <laughs> takes on this memory. Okay. Last question. They just asked three. Last question. Do you speak any other languages other than English? We. We. I I don't actually. <laughs> um, uh, that was the extent of my French. No, I know I know a little bit of French and a little bit of Spanish. Um, but that's one of the things I really, really do want to accomplish before I leave this earth, is to be able to expand my awareness and culture and and not just be so American centric. You mm-hmm. know, I want to step out of that. Yeah. Um, I spoke recently about. Not retiring, but uh, taking a break. For the last 25 years, I've been working really nonstop. Mm, and yeah. it's been great. As we know, it's wonderful and, you know, you're supported and, and you're having fun and you're engaged and it's artistic and creative and all those wonderful things. But it's not real life experience. You're yeah. going from one bubble to another bubble to another bubble. And I'm getting to a point where I feel like I'm a little depleted, like my ideas aren't as fresh, they're a little harder to come by. And ooh, am I being derivative of another character that I've done? And can I break out of that? I needed more, I need more influences to come in so that it's more reciprocal. Yeah. Right now, there's been a lot of outflow for the last mm, two decades. And I think I need some real life experience to be able to say, oh, I've never even thought of that before. I want to read that classic novel that I've always sworn I was mm-hmm. going to read. I want to learn how to cook. 
I want to learn a language. I, I want to be in another culture, and I don't want to talk about show business. Yeah. We had an amazing conversation with Zach Woods. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this exact thing where we were saying that as artists, you need a life to feed your art. You can't stay in just an art-making bubble. No. Because it's through our observations of other people and things, and it's through going to that weird cousin's wedding that you get your ideas Life and your inspiration. Yeah. And, and I would extend that even to um, – I remember Jerry Seinfeld doing an interview about this, talking about how much of his comedy comes from the frustrations and little annoyances in his life of yeah. standing in a line or someone, you know, butting in front of you as you've been waiting for yeah. a lot. You know, all those little ways that you watch how different people handle these everyday very universal situations. They inform you. They inform yeah. your art. And you, like you said, when you go from set to set to set or bubble to bubble to bubble, you start losing all those. And those are those are the things that we use to make our characters. I used to joke that that I haven't changed. I've had great good fortune in this business, but I really haven't changed. My dresser still puts on my pants one leg at a time. Good. He really does. He does a Your great valet. job. Your valet. Your <laughs> valet. It's my valet. Your valet. Um, I traveled a lot growing up. My dad was a drilling engineer. I grew up in Jakarta. And we moved around a lot, but recently I found an old travel journal that I kept as a as a young gal, and I read a little bit of it on the podcast. I was very um, snarky about a man who sat next to me who was taking a lot of notes about how to play poker on his napkin, but he would cover them so I couldn't see him. <laughs> and I was like, what's up with this guy? And I had a whole journal of paper, and I would have given him a piece of paper, but he kept hiding his notes, so I didn't. It was like this weird, like, retaliation I had with him. But the story has a point, which is, as I go back and look at that journal of travel and seeing other things and experiencing other things, I just crave it. I'm like, I want to, mm. I want to, like, sit next to the guy on the plane who is taking notes on his yeah. napkin. What's that about? Now, what's interesting, though, is that now... You have to hope that you're not recognized well, in order to have a legitimate conversation. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's uh, the way, it's weighted. Yeah, and it it's not the same thing. Um, celebrity is is a strange thing, as we know. It's it it makes people nervous, anxious, giddy, excited. It's they they can't stop. They can't believe it. I mean, how many people have said, I can't believe I'm meeting you. It's blowing my mind. Well, it, that's not the way that person normally behaves. Yeah. Right. So there's no way that you're going to have a normal conversation with that person. So I always used to look for old people. If, if I were in a <laughs> – some people who didn't know – chances are wouldn't know who I yeah. am. And that way I knew I was getting an authentic conversation. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I do, do. I do. I do. One one of my favorite cities is New York, and one of my favorite things to do is just people watch. And so um, I love to go hide out in Central Park and just watch everything mm -hmm. unfold in front of me. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I find I can you can still go unrecognized. And if you wear your hat yeah. and you don't make a big fuss about your yourself. Big red nose. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And your floppy shoes. And, and my wig. And your sign. And that's then right. I smoke. <laughs> you know, smoke. Yeah. They, we know I don't smoke in real life. Yeah, so start making be balloon me. animals. <laughs> yeah. you know, they won't know who you are. <laughs> I feel the same way when I go to uh, my family has a farm in Archer City, Texas, and there's a little cafe, Mern's, because the woman who runs it is named Mern. Fantastic. And, and um, you know, it's great. I go in there, and it's just everyone that's been working cattle, and they're all in there, and it's I just love it. No one, no one knows the show. Do they have your picture up no, on the wall? They heck don't. No. no, they have. Come like, on, Mern. They have the <laughs> starting lineup of the football team oh, and the go. cheerleaders and yeah. whoever is uh you know, doing well at 4-H club that year. It's, um, that's rather sweet. Yeah, it is. It's great. I, uh, used to travel a lot by motorcycle in the seventies. I traveled across the country for two years. I was on a motorcycle Wow! and I would get odd jobs here and there. And in the seventies, you could do that. You ladies wouldn't know that. Um, (laughs) how do you know? Because you were way too young. (laughs) Um, and uh, and at one time, I took uh, Route 66 from uh, California, Santa Monica to Chicago. And on the way back, I took this Route 50, which is called the Loneliest Highway. And you go through Nebraska, Kansas, the places that people, well, for the most part, they go, well, there's nothing really to see there, so I want to avoid it. I want to go there. So we're going through Kansas in a little place called Peabody, Kansas. And it's flat. It's small. There's a bank on the corner. There's a coffee shop. And in the coffee shop, they list everybody's birthday for that day. And I said, these are the people who work here? And I go, no, that's people in the entire town. We have such a small town that they list everyone's birthday on that particular day. It's really, and it's quaint and sweet. And by the way, speaking of birthdays. We, we share a birthday. Share a birthday. You do your birthday buddies. Yeah, we are. We yeah. we interviewed Tim Meadows for the podcast, and we were all talking about our celebrity birthday partner. Mm-hmm. And I said, "You." Yes, I know. I Happy know. birthday! Happy well, early yet. birthday! March seventh. March Pisces. 7th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same year. Yes, seventy-four. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my big fiftieth birthday this year. Are you are you welcoming it? It's going to come whether you want to or not, but I am welcoming it. You're saying bring it on world. Yeah, I'm saying bring it on. I'm doing big party. I'm happy to celebrate my 50th. I'm excited about it. it. I find it very liberating. I think it's great. You look fantastic. You both look great. I am 52. I Get will be 53. Up. I love my 50s. I love it. I told you it's making the zero it look a lot of fun. It's my zero Fs chapter of my life. Yeah. Super fun. I guess if it was truly my zero Fs, I'd say zero f- right? <laughs> <laughs> we like to keep it clean on Office Lady. Do. We keep it we keep it clean. We have a lot of young listeners. Yeah. I'll bet you do. We do. We do. The age range is like really big. There's rumor that you probably already talked about this rumor of doing a reboot. Yes, we hear Greg is working on something. Yeah, he's cooking something up. But it's not involving the same cast. We should say that. Yeah. But I would love to pop on as a guest. Ooh, me too. I'd love to be a guest on some sort of 
next gen yeah or something like that that would be great but i i don't see bringing pam back in a sort of permanent way and following her life again at least it hasn't but you know greg daniels is a person who could think it up and pitch it to me and get me on board so but i can't think of it right yeah you know so if dunder mifflin still existed there'd be other people working there. Maybe. And we you think could all... Creed would still be there. Creed, Creed still would be still there. be there. Brian and yep. Oscar and I are a little accounting clump. We used to have this pitch that we would be the spinoffs, but it would be on Telemundo and it'd be like, Los Acantadores, Oscar, <laughs> Angela, e Kevin. <laughs> and I would do that. I would do I would do the Telemundo reboot of the account. Telemundo. Telemundo. Brian, what do you get approached about the most? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah, still. I I guess the the most fervent fan base. Do you get pictures of people on Halloween dressed as Walter White? All the time. All the time. Yeah, we get that too. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. You get pictures of Walter White for Halloween? I do. Do I do. Yeah, people want me to know. She holds a cat. Yeah. My Walter White. That's a crazy thing to have been on a show that endures. I just rewatched Breaking Bad. I got COVID, oh. and it was my COVID comfort show. Mm. Um, I uh, let's see where I I'm, watched it during the pandemic. This was mm. my rewatch mm-hmm. because it is my opinion that Breaking Bad is the single greatest television pilot ever. I stand by that statement, wow. and I have loved rewatching it. And um, and people still rewatch it, right? Yeah. And people still rewatch The Office, and it's such a it's such a cool thing to be part of something that endures like that, I think. It's truly legendary shows. We're both all very fortunate to be chosen to be on such a thing. And as people have always asked you, I'm sure, that always ask me, did you know it was going to be a big hit? And you go, no. no. It was a job. We, we, I was happy to read this great script. You two were like, this sounds crazy. This sounds yeah. fun. I don't know exactly how it's going to work. Or and, and let me ask you this. On the first year of The Office, what were the ratings like? I mean, Abysmal. was it? Abysmal. Horrible. Ooh. Our like, first season was six episodes. And we were going to get shit canned. For yeah. sure. Yeah. We were going to get canceled. But then that summer... Between season one and deciding if we would get picked up for season two, The 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, Uh and Steve Carell became a massive box office comedy star. And I think NBC was like, I'm sorry, you don't cut loose the number one comedy box office star. Yeah. Yeah. You pick up that show. It was still only a a little bit, not a full season for season two. Yeah. And Phyllis and I used to call the ratings hotline. Mm-hmm. Um, this we is, used to this run is on how old we are. Yeah. Old tech alert. ratings hotline. May yeah. I help you? <laughs> yeah, we would run on Tuesdays originally yeah. before we moved to must see TV. We were on Tuesdays, and every Wednesday morning we would get on set, and Phyllis and I would listen to the recording, and we knew that as long as we had like a two point four or above, we still had jobs, and we would just yeah. hold our breath and yep. wait for the recording to tell us what our ratings were. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like that for into the second season. Every week I would send out a mass email. I was like that please person. I was like, hey, you guys, can you guys please watch our show this week? It really mean a lot. Thanks so much. Every, like everyone I knew from all my improv days, all my theater days, yeah. everyone back home. And then finally, it was around the um, first Christmas episode, Yankee Swap. One of my friends wrote back and said, I don't think you need to send these anymore. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> 
going to be okay. You're being a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. Hey, stop sending me these emails. <laughs> what about was Breaking Bad big in the ratings at first? No, not at all. No, we're <clears throat> we're on a, a cable channel, uh, AMC. We didn't, we weren't big hits at all. Although the the like the office, the the critics really really loved us. So we we had that, but that doesn't equate to being commercially successful. Yeah. What happened for us was a stroke of really good fortune, and that was in two thousand nine. Netflix switched from the red envelopes where they would send you the movies at once a week. Remember the yeah, yeah, mail yeah. them to you? Sure. To streaming, to where you can push a button on a computer. It changed technology. It changed availability. And Breaking Bad second season, we had two seasons. And we were like, I don't know if it's going to go a third. And like, well, maybe we'll let them go a third. And all of a sudden, everybody started to go, was able to go back and watch the first episode and then just start watching oh. them all. And then that's what caught on. So really, it was Netflix that was the, the, the stroke of good luck for us. For us, too, kind of. Yeah. It's why we've endured since the show went off the air. Let me ask you this because I, I, I seem to remember this and I'm not completely positive. But when um, Ricky Gervais's version of the original Office, his character was caustic and mean-spirited and rude and biting and all those things. And Steve's character, when it first started, had more of a flavor of, a, of an edge to mm -hmm. him. Didn't it? Yeah. When I first started watching, it was more of like, ooh. And I think at some point, and I'm asking as a fan, at what point did they go, well, let's make a, let's turn the dial on this a little bit and give him more of that um, confident imbecile kind of yes. level uh -huh. and, and not mean-spirited. That happened in that transition from season one to season two. Mm -hmm. I think – you know, people saw this lovable quality to his character in 40-Year-Old Virgin, and they also just started writing the show more to Steve and less to the template that Ricky had laid down with his character of David Brent. And so there was a little bit of a retooling. But we also got some really good advice from Ricky Gervais, who said, hey, you know, in America, you guys like to do hundreds of episodes of shows, and David Brent doesn't work for hundreds of episodes. Like you, you That's can't mm -hmm. like have that character do this for that long. So you're gonna need to find more layers to your lead character, or he's gonna burn out. And also, so true, so true, so smart. The writers' room also did something that I thought really worked for American audiences: is each episode has one redeeming moment. One moment where it's either Pam listening to Jim's messages as she drives home and there's a montage, or it's, um, you know, Dwight getting a pat on the shoulder from Michael, even though the whole day they were, like, fighting. There's one little moment, and it doesn't have to be a huge one, but each episode has one. So you're saying that this was a, a, a concerted effort. This mm -hmm. was a, a note that every episode we want to have at least one redeeming quality come out of it. Yeah, one yeah. moment. One I, moment of hope. A one moment of moment hope. Yeah. Within all moment of, of zen. Yes. yes. Look at that. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And if you I now if I go back and watch, I told I see it, I can find them. I'm like, oh well that kind of made me feel better about yeah. that to that work bus day. We got to have pie. We got we to got sit to outside. Have pie. <laughs> Was that our moment? Yeah. We got pie at the yeah. end? Yeah, the montage at the end of well, pie. Yeah. There's another moment in this episode that I actually love, which is um Jim and Dwight up on the roof of the bus. Oh yes. Yeah. And I love any moment when um you know, that these rivals, these guys who are always, you know, Jim's always pranking Dwight and everything. But when there's this moment where Dwight gets vulnerable and and Jim is there to catch him. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That was a really beautiful yeah, scene. Uh, that's true. Because that, that, that exposes the audience to the true character of, of Jim. Mm-hmm. And that he's, when, when it's necessary, when someone expresses vulnerability like that it's like he doesn't come in for the kill yeah <laughs> he backs off and actually lends support oh, oh yeah it's very sweet i had a few moments like that you know we, we kind of i mean so let's say that there's not a reboot series but what if there was like a, a movie like, like downton abbey the yeah, movie? something something to where we can see where these people are these people in the, in the entire cast that we're curious about. We wondered at the end, where did they go? What what did become of them? I mean, I'd do it. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it for my kids because I think they would think that's fun. I mean, if Greg did it, because yeah. I would trust it. Yes. You know? Yes. 100%. For sure. Greg is signed on in this hypothetical. Okay. As long as Greg is writing it and he's in charge of it, then mm-hmm. I say yes. Okay. So, Enough said. Brian yeah. Cranston. Let's get Greg on the phone. <laughs> Bitch, he's yeah. our new agent. I just want to be. I just want to be an extra in it. I do. You I, have to. I, be I would in be it. an extra in it. I would. I would be some guy. I'd be a like a crossing guard or something like that. Just you know, maybe you're like a one of Dwight's hired hands on Troop Farms. On his farm. Now, why would I be the hired hand and not the foreman? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It's just how it's how we see you. It's it would just be like sad. Type, it's it's like, type look guy. at that old guy. He's just a hired hand. <laughs> why is he, why is he having to like bail hay <laughs> like, do all that heavy he's lifting? He's an old man and they're making him bail hay. Oh, that's <laughs> not right. That's not the moment of Zen. That's not a no. nice moment at all. Are there any projects you're working on right now that we can share with our listeners? We know you're working on the project of living life. Yes. The project of living life. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. I, I really do... Need to do that. I'm I'm very fortunate that I I'm um, in a position where I'm getting a lot of offers, both for theater and films and television and things. And so I just have to pick and choose what is new to me and challenging. I don't I don't want to do something that I've done before. Yeah. And the more I go without that real life experience, the harder that is to find mm-hmm. because I haven't changed. It's like a like you were saying, like a, if a if a a band just played the, the same music over and over and they never expanded, they never wrote beyond what they were like you look at the Beatles and they're they weren't together all that long, Mm-mm. but they expanded and expressed themselves in so many different ways. Whatever they were going through, it was infused in their art. And I kind of want to. I want to do that. I want. I don't. Want, I want to get out of the bubble a little bit. So that's that. But before that may happen, 
there's responsibilities I have. I have a mezcal company with with Aaron Paul. I Dos saw Hombres, that. Oh, Dos Hombres. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And had I been a great guest, I would have brought you some. Damn it. <laughs> I forgot. But uh, that's going well. Uh, we It's this business I've never thought I'd be in. We'll share about it in our Office Ladies Pod stories. It's so good. It's so good. Um, Did you get to go, like, do a tasting? Did you get to be part of the formula? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Um, Aaron, well, here's Aaron and I, uh, three years after the end of Breaking Bad, we missed each other. And, you know, it's like when we you can leave relate. Holly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're together, you're together, you're together. It ends and life goes on and sends you in different directions. And we happened to be in New York City at the same time. And we, well, we have to have dinner. So we were having dinner and we expressed how much we missed each other. And he said, you know, what we ought to do is, uh, is for, have a company. We ought to, you know, we ought to have a mezcal company together. What? What? That's what I said. I go. What? What do you? That's random. What do you? That's terrible. That that shitty spirit with a dead worm at the bottom. What are you talking about? And he goes, No, 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 no. He took me to a mezcal bar in New York City. We sipped some of the greatest spirits that I've ever had. I don't think I've ever had mezcal. I don't. So good. It's a. It's a. It's the older brother of tequila. Okay. Tequila is a mezcal, okay. but mezcal is not a tequila. A spirit like that that's made from agave plant is always a mezcal. And the way they make tequila is to steam it and put it in a silo, and it's more of a fast process. Mezcal is smoked, and so it's in an earthen pit for four days and then mashed. In fact, ours, uh, we have, it says artisanal on the bottle, and there's no... Uh, modern technology used in the process of this, or else we can't say that on the bottle. Wow. So it's the old-fashioned way. It goes from that to a rock pit where two donkeys pull this big rock Come wheel on. and mash this now-smoked agave. Then it's then it ferments in an oak barrel for 10 days, and then it goes into a copper kettle for a distillation. And that's that's the purity of it. It's Mountain spring water and smoked agave. That's that's all that's in it. Wow. And it's done. Dos Hombres is now the fifth largest mezcal in the world. Come on, so, no. that is so amazing. Yeah, I have. We have to try it. We Jenna. have to try it. We have to try it. We're gonna go get some. I will bring it to you. Yay! I will bring it to you. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Also, it's really good. just so, your description of it. Just I don't know. I felt like I left my body for a minute. It it's felt like I went on a little vacation. I know. Yeah. We, a journey. And we did. We went down to Oaxaca. We found this spirit and um, brought it to the marketplace. And in truth, the spirit found us because it's been around for hundreds of years and we were just there to receive it. This sounds like a pretty good start on the project of living life. Yeah. It is. It, but like any other business, uh-huh. it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time and energy. You're Probably more than you expected when you started. And, yeah. And it's a lot of a lot of work. And I find that uh, the business end of it, the case sells and this, and the, it's not as interesting to me as the process of making it mm-hmm. and that nurturing sense. Yeah, that and I'm I have a production company and that's interesting too and it's good, but I I'm I'm now looking for ways to have more of that human real 
life experience. I have a crazy question for you. Oh. Did you ever in your young artist's life ever do that book, The Artist's Way no. by Julia Cameron? No. Excellent. I, I, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Jenna did it twice. I did um, a few pages of it. And how did the few pages go? <laughs> <laughs> we're fantastic. Yeah. We're different personalities. <laughs> um, I did it twice because the first time I didn't finish and it it, it bothered me so deeply mm -hmm. because I realized that one of my challenges in my early artistic life was having great tons of great ideas of which I finished none. Uh -huh. Right. And yeah. so I thought I need to get over this finishing things problem. Right. right. Why don't I start by finishing the artist's way? Yes. And yes. so I had done 10 of the 12 weeks, and I went back and I started over again. I did all 12 weeks. And there are still things from that book, even today as an artist, that I think of. Oh. You know, one, one of the things is once a week you have to go on an artist's date alone, by yourself, just you. That could be going to a symphony. That could be sitting in a park and watching people. That could be... Um, I love that. Taking yourself bowling alone. Like whatever your artist date is, you have to do this once a week. But it's all creative. It's all artistic. And so sometimes when I'm like starting a new artistic journey or whatever, I'll refer back and I'll do an artist date and I'll try to kickstart something. It's that business of living life, right? That's, that's fantastic. It's really awesome. The bowling part threw me. The bowling, that's an artist state if you want it to be. Really? Oh, yeah. Take yourself bowling. <laughs> to be um, fair, the week I got Go the to book, an art museum. It was the week of my birthday when I got this book as a gift, but I also got a pair of roller skates. And I was a child of the 70s, and I loved roller skating. And then I think I started it, and then I was like, I'm going to go roller skate. That could be an artist state. Well, yeah. that it was an artist yeah. state that never stopped. It was right. an artist state that never. I still have the same pair of roller skates. They're by my front door. I still have roller skate. That's got to be something, Jenna. That's that great. Came out of the artist way for me. I, I think it came out of your birthday. My birthday buddy is Ricky Gervais. Oh, so. look at that! Mm -hmm. A yeah. little tie-in. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I once told him that. He was like, "Okay." We also have uh, Rachel Vice. It, oh, oh. Is, does she share our birthday yes. as well? Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Sarsgaard. Mm. This is exciting. Have we busy, should have a dinner. Phillips. We should I have, have a March 7th. Busy Phillips has my birthday. Busy Phillips, yeah. Mm -hmm. You, Busy Phillips, Ricky Gervais are going to have dinner. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I would we'll love We'll have dinner, that dinner with Rachel. That's not a bad idea. Birthday dinner? For a show. Oh. You have a dinner with all the people who share the date and you find the similarities and the differences between them, but they all have the same birthday. Brian, you have a production company. I'm so sorry <laughs> we're putting you to work again. This has to stop. Rather than that, let me give it to you and I take 10%. <laughs> there Perfect. it is. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. And welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> thank you so much for coming this in was today. Fun. Thank you. This was it was so good to see you again. You too. You know, this episode, it was beautiful. It turned out great. I just rewatched it and it's it's so good. Even though we all almost died, it's a great <laughs> episode and it, it's a classic and people love it and it, they don't know. It is a classic, and now when people see us fly across the bus, I think we needed that moment. <laughs> we did. I think we need I think it, it was, made the pie that much sweeter. We did use it. I, I know noticed. it's the actual it's take. in there. Yeah. And now you can relive Yay, it in our book. Thank you, <laughs> Angela. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you very You're much. Welcome. We love I'm you so much. I'm going to bring you some Dos Hombres and we'll all, we'll all sip some. Do you mezcal. have it on ice? Do you have it derecho? Straight. 
Yes, I, I, I. How you, do you have it, it? You know, uh, any way you like it is the right way. Okay. I like it with just neat. Uh, maybe in one big ice cube and, and just let it chill without diluting it mm-hmm. and just sip it. It's so great just sipping it. Um, Do you but, ever mix it? Oh, yeah. You All can, the time. It goes in a cocktail it, as well. So well in a margarita, in a Paloma, in an old-fashioned, a Negroni. Oh, I mean, you it like old-fashioned Negronis. And on and on. Oh, yeah. Those are my faves. So good. Yeah. Try a Mezcal Negroni. Ooh, that You're sounds going good. to love it. Well, there you have it, our interview with Brian Cranston. I could not have enjoyed that more, Angela. He's the best. The best. Yeah. Big thank you to Brian for joining us in the studio, being so gracious with his time. And thank you all for listening. We will be back on Monday with a special Monday motivation episode with Kendra Adachi, the lazy genius. We can't wait for you to hear it. And then on Wednesday, it's Here Comes Trouble. So two episodes next week. (gasps) Two office ladies. Two office ladies. See you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our senior producer is Cassie Jerkins. Our in-studio engineer is Sam Kiefer. Our editing and mixing engineer is Jordan Duffy. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.